You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Empire. Welcome to the latest edition of All Caps with former Capitals defenseman Carl Lazar. I'm AP Hockey writer Steve Wino. As we're talking to you, it's Friday morning. The Capitals are 0-2-0 for the first time since the Adam Oates year, uh, 2013, uh, which I'm sure you remember, Carl. Um, I, I don't know what you remember from that, but what are your thoughts on, on, on a Capitals 0-2 start before I give you mine? Well, I don't like when you throw out an omen like that. Was, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, the worst year of hockey uh, when I was here with the Caps. So let's. Uh, well, no, let's no, 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 no. That was that was thirteen. You guys came back and made the playoffs that year. Thirteen, fourteen is when you missed. So it wasn't. So it was. Who was it, it, so it Adam Oltz was the coach for the whole year that year. Yeah, it was a shortened year. It was the thirteen year where the, the lockout happened. You guys That's were right. the worst team in hockey for like the first like ten games. And I remember asking everybody in the room what the biggest problem with the team was, and then like Ovi catches fire, and you guys make the playoffs. Well, there you go. That's, that's what it is. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll give you. I'll give you. I guess my opinion is maybe that's what the difference is, right? Is is Ovi catches fire? Ovi and Kuzi. Like well, sure. it was last year, right? They uh, they both started out so hot, and you know they're they're the number one guys, and for sure I'm not not putting any blame on them, but. Your, when your number one guys are are coming out really strong, you know McDavid and Edmonton. Like, oh, look at that! That was David. insane. Yeah, yeah. Like those, those guys can really dictate things at the beginning of the year, and that's when everybody's fresh too. So, uh, you know, a little a little bit quiet on the power play right now um, for the whole team. But I think that that uh, you know it will come. There's a lot of new faces on this team, right? So, trying to figure that out. Maybe running around a little bit more. Um, on the defensive side of the game than they'd like to, um, but but you know it's, it's tough. It's a, it's a tough start. Boston it was Boston. You know their top line. It's exactly what I just said. The top line was sick the first night, and uh, and that's what happens. And then last night was I watched a little bit more of, of that game, and and yeah, they had chances on the power play to uh, to get themselves there. Charlie played unbelievable. He did. Let's he was great. Just, yeah. Let's just get that out there. He he was awesome. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe a little bit disorganized looking from from the amount of the games that I did watch. I think that's kind of my takeaway so far. There were a couple times in the opener where uh, John Carlson, Gary Kuznetsov, like guys who played in the league for a while, just like lost the puck in the ice. And, and, and like I'm not even saying like the ice was bad because the Bruins were playing on it too. It was just there were moments in the game where it was just like something's off with everything. And, and the power plays 0 for 9 so far. I, I, I don't ask me to explain Eric Gustafson on the second unit in the OV spot, but I, like I, I just I think there's a lot of overthinking going on for a team that has. You're right; is trying to fig, figure out a lot of new pieces. But as soon as Alex Ovechkin starts scoring, they're probably going to be fine. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I think when he starts scoring, Kuzi starts uh, doing some magic out there that obviously helps a ton. But I, I, I'm curious, like, what, so Gustafson on on that in that OV spot, like what? Uh, 
what what is the play there? You think because who was there? Dead Sprong there when he was here, right? He could he can really hum the puck. I'm sure. I'm curious what uh, you know, obviously they see something in Gustafson in in that area. And he's got good hands. He's good good offensive awareness, but. I'm, I'm, I don't know what the, what the right play is. He's fine, but in theory, you look at that spot, and if you have a, a, a right a left shot there, that when Gustafson, it's different. Right, you have a right shot like Ovi there, and Connor Brown's a right shot. He he pops it in on opening night. They they score, and the game goes a little differently. That's the only thing I'm I'm second guessing. They were practicing for a, for a while though. Eric Gustafson was in that spot, so clearly Blaine Forsythe and, and Peter Laviolette see something there. Yeah, they must, and and it is nice to throw different looks at the. Uh... At the other team, right? If you have your first unit that sets up the way that they normally set up, and then throw guys on their on different hands, you know, Toronto's a great example of that. They oh have, yeah, they, they have uh, their guys coming down the wall on their on their strong sides a lot of times, and it's a it's challenging for a uh, for a penalty kill, right? If you have a guy coming down on you from the wall with speed, you know, they can shoot, they can pass, they can easily go back up to the point because it's not a backhand. It I mean, it's a good it's a good look. It's it's nice to throw throw that option out at teams, but it it is it is early and, and I don't know exactly how much time they've had to to work on it, but, but yeah, you you don't want to start <laughs> start your penalty or uh, power play uh, season off like that because that's where you really need to uh, to be good and that's where the team has historically been really good. Yeah. A couple of times in the opener, I noticed one of the fans in front of the press box yell, "Shoot the puck!" I immediately thought Carl would love this. I would love that. Yeah, exactly. And it's look, I'm I'm all for establishing a shot early i think that's great um because it, it makes the team think a little bit more i'm also really really in favor of um when the guy's on the half wall or the goal line just throw it in for a mad scramble too like i hated that because yeah. you had no idea where it was going to bounce it's hard to just clear the puck you gotta just whack it out to the to the corner and it's and it's not it's it's not a fun play for anybody to have to make so uh, i i like having you know, making the uh, the penalty kill run around a little bit uh, at the beginning, and then hopefully it opens up more up top. But um, just, just just I know I'm just, I know I've said it before. Just shooting it from wherever, like up top, and just trying to get one through, it is so much harder than it sounds. You know, like just just shoot the puck. I was looking for that all the time when a power play, <laughs> when someone just came down and wanted to throw a wrister through or or just wind up for a shot. That's all I'm looking for because that's so easy to step in front of and bat down and then and then get out of the zone and, and a lot of times it can lead to an odd man rush too especially as a D man if I can jump in front of my guy so I, I understand frustration with with wanting to, to take more shots but it is so rare to score clean off of a shot from the point it has to it ha- things just have to line up perfectly so you know there's frustration there from the fans I get it but. Just so everyone knows, it is much much harder than it looks. <laughs> the, 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 by the way, Dylan Strom is great at that, at that, like throw the puck in for the mad scramble on the power play. Like he is great at from behind the net or wherever, just putting it on net. And there were a couple times in, in the opener where it could have pinballed in easily at that point. But on on the shooter thing, there were a couple times in, in in the opener as well where guys just over. Past, like overthought it, whatever. But I, but as you think about it, when you're watching from the press box, and you know this too, it looks a lot slower up there than it is down on the ice. So even as I'm thinking, okay, well, they like that 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 puck's got to go on net, and overthinking. When these guys watch the film later, they'll realize it, and the adjustments are going to come. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's the whole point of the video, right? Is to see where you have your opportunities, and and uh, and those those will become those will become set plays too, right? When they see that they have little 
little gaps where they can maybe take a step to the side and, and shoot with, you know, we call like a flash screen or a flyby where, you know, a player, uh, the player in front will, will say be on the right side of the net and then all of a sudden just jump to the other side just to take away the, the eyes for a second of the goalie. Those will become plays, but, but guys are so good at just, just getting the, like you're, you're always told just get something in the lane, right? Just just try and find a way to block it. It happened to me so many times where I take a step off to the side to try and float one through, and it just it just hits the stick because the guy yeah. knows to put a stick there at the at the right height, like the standard height. Because I can't start a puck puck off, you know, three feet in the air and expect it to come back down right. to net level, right? You know, you can you can sky one if you want, but you can't tip it because it's too high. It's going to go over the net, and so you try and put one low, and and those are cupcakes those are easy I'm, I'm excited about those as a as a defensive player so it's just it is it's a really hard thing to do but they're going to break it down Foz is one of the best in the league at at uh, running a power play and he knows what kind of players he has and if he has to move them around into different positions and you know put Ovi somewhere else or or uh, you know ha- ha- like the, at the end of the game where they have they tweak it where Ovi goes to the top right yep. Carly goes down to the side so they're going to figure out where um, where they can do that better in Toronto, like I don't know what their numbers are, but they're not bad on the PK. Like they, they pressure you and and they pressure you with guys that can that they're not your typical PK guys where they just want to get it and and dump it down the ice. Like these are guys that want to get it and go. So you have to be that much more careful. So uh, you know it, it was it it's it's tough at first, but it happens. I you know so much props to uh, to Hall last night, just eating a couple from Ovi too, like that. That's a that's a hard spot to be in too, and and they did it. So, uh, you know, not 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 the ideal start, but they're they're smart enough and good enough that they're going to tweak it. Yeah, when we come back, when we come back, we're going to talk to Mike Zeisberger uh, from the from the uh, from NHL.com a little bit more about the Toronto stuff. But I want one more question uh, about the opener, I guess, and Darcy Kemper. To me, it wasn't a great game for him, and, and we we've talked all the time. We're not goalie people, so we we only can analyze so much, but. Bad rebound on the first goal by Patrice Bergeron. Uh, Five-hole goal, kind of beaten clean uh, by Pasternak. But the defense in front of him through the first two games has not been how you win. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's there's shots that are coming with a lot of tra- traffic around too. You know, not yeah. not necessarily just directly in front, but even traffic around makes goalie think twice that maybe a, a puck's going to get tipped or something's going to happen. So, um, yeah, he's he's a he's a good goalie and. And uh, you don't want to just be like, you know, here, go ahead, make the saves. You got to the team. The team knows it, and they, they got to do as, as much as they can to make those those um, saves easier or the or the the shots less contested. Uh, you know, so he can he can see them. Um, it didn't seem to really happen. Like I said, I, I only got to catch uh, a little bit of that game, but from what I saw from the highlights, there there was a lot of stuff going on around. A lot of running him. around, yeah. Yeah, and that yeah. and that makes it tough. It's hard for anybody to really settle in, and you know, let's chalk it up to to Boston and their perfection line and uh, and first game of the season. Um, you know, just to just to try and look on the bright side here, but um, but yeah, it's not it's not ideal. But he, I mean, he's going to be fine. He's 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 a huge body. Some of these pucks are just going to hit him um, instead of having to you know be a small guy in front and always trying to always trying to make the save. Some of them are just going to hit him because he's a massive human being. And that's going to be a good thing. And it's once once a team settles down in front, I think it should be all right. Speaking of massive human beings, next time, next up on All's Cast, we'll be joined by NHL.com's Mike Seisberger. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady. 
a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to All's Caps with former Capitals defenseman Carl Alzer. I'm making hockey writer Steve Wino. And I are, we are a year into this. And now our first repeat guest on this podcast, NHL.com, Mike Zeisberger, a very good friend of mine. Zeis, thanks for joining us. And, and uh, have you played pickleball before? Carl is going to play pickleball after this. Is pickleball a, a, a fond sport of yours? Well, first of all, guys, thank you so much for having me on. I had a blast the first time. But this kind of reeks of desperation, A, that I would be the first repeat guest. <laughs> I mean, come on. Second, Carl, pickleball, you're in the prime of your career, okay? Now, for somebody like myself that is just approaching middle age, that's a sport I should be looking into. But you, in the prime of your life? Well, I, I would say that the reason why you're on as the first repeat guest is because you set the bar so high the first time, so... We wanted to see if you could, if you could even uh, go higher than that. But as, how did you as, never win the Norris after a statement like that? That's all I want to know. Hey, that's a great question. I'm still asking that question. Um, but yeah, pickleball. I mean, I keep hearing so much about it. Like it's such a wide range of uh, of people that can play. And yeah. I've been playing a little bit with my kids, and this is like my first real competitive pickleball match happening today. So I'm I'm that's actually cool. really excited about it. But I, the other sport actually is called paddle. I think that's coming in a little bit more, which is I don't know uh, what paddle is. Paddle is like a hybrid of uh, of like tennis and squash. So it's like it's got walls, glass walls all around it, but it's a full tennis court, and uh, oh, the wow. ball the ball bounces off the walls and stuff like that. It's I mean, I highly highly recommend looking at some of these paddle highlights because it looks amazing. Guys are jumping out of the door like there's doors on the side. And a ball will go out of play, and guys are running out of the door, out of the court, to go and get it and bring it back into play, and 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 then get back in the mix. It's a, uh, it's taking. I think it's taking Europe by storm. Like the number one growing sport in Spain, uh, France, I think England as well. So, yeah, keep keep your eyes open for paddle. Now, do we know what the genesis of the name pickleball is like? What does this have to do with gherkins or dills or anything like that? I think they're the main sponsor behind it. I think they must have started it. They called it pickleball just to keep Money pickleball talks, off eh? everyone's mind. No, I was joking around that when I was told that we were going to play pickleball today, that it was some sort of pickle test taste testing thing. And yeah. they told me never, they told me never tell anyone you're going to a pickle taste testing with a bunch of bunch of guys. <laughs> and uh, they, they they zinged me on that one, so yeah, it should be it should be interesting. 
Yeah, the I, I'm not a huge pickleball expert, but as we know, Mike, Mike, our our, our colleague Greg Strong is a big squash player uh, yep. in, in Toronto. Um, you were at the Leafs game last night because it ostensibly is a hockey podcast. At, at the end of the day, um, what did you make of of, of the Capitals uh, against the Leafs in, in Game Two, O two and O? As I mentioned to Carl earlier, for the first time since the first Adam Oates season, uh, which turned around well. But what did you make of, of, of kind of your first look at this team? Well, I know it's two games in, but one thing that kind of struck me is kind of a lack of foot speed on the Capitals. Um, And maybe that has to do with this is an older team and a veteran team. But I really thought that that they looked kind of slow. And talking to some people around the team, um, there's kind of a a fear around the Capitals that that might be their Achilles heel, that they don't have the foot speed of some of these younger teams, whether it be the Carolina, I'm not going to say Florida because Florida kind of went the grit route, uh, you know, added some of that. They they have speed too, but some of these younger the Rangers, yeah, the Rangers too, who are who are actually my pick to for Dakota the Stanley Cup final out of the East. So you know uh, we can get into more specifics, but if you're talking big picture, I think that's what kind of jumped out at me yesterday was just um, you know they, they they didn't seem to be a very fast team. I think it's probably all the, all, all the more reason why they should have a guy like Snively in the lineup, you know, a guy that, that yeah. that's quick and can buzz around a little bit. And if your team, if your team isn't uh, a team that has a ton of just raw foot speed, then, then the game that you play needs to be fast. You can still play fast without having yeah. foot speed, right? We've seen that before. And so maybe that's something that, that they're going to need to do. And, and the way to do that is you guys got to, They have to be on the same page at all oh, times, yeah. right? That's going to be, that's going to be guys already heading in a direction and the puck has to meet them there every time. They might not be <clears throat> that classic Capitals team that can just do puck possession and turn it up and, yep. and wind it go. Right. So I mean, it's a, it's a very good point. I, I uh, was saying to Wino, I didn't, I, I didn't see enough of the game to, to comment on that, but just from an X's and O's standpoint, if that's the way your team is made up, then yeah, it's two games into the season. They're definitely not going to be, um, you know, flying in the same the, the correct line, the correct pattern all the time yet. So hopefully that is something that can be changed. And Zai, I saw just a team that was out of out of sorts on the power play, out of sorts at even strength, and and, and that was part of, of why they couldn't play fast. Was it didn't seem like everything was clicking. The, yeah. the, the passes were just a, a little bit off. It just seemed like a team that was like playing a first exhibition game and wasn't playing three weeks after a three week training camp. Well, it's interesting you say that because uh, it was funny that it was in Montreal on Wednesday for the Leafs mm-hmm. season opener against the Canadians. And it was a really, really weird game. It was almost like there were chunks of that game where you thought you were watching the first or second exhibition game of the season. Like you said, Wino, it was very, very, um, you know, there was a disconnect, uh, very sloppy um, no flow to the game. And then there would be chunks where, I mean, in the last two thirty of the game, there were three goals scored. Right. Um, you know, there were these, these little blips of, of exciting hockey where, you know, fluid motion teams seem to have that chemistry and then they would lose it just as quickly as they got in. And I think, I think you're seeing that a little bit around the league. Um, I don't think it's at the point of the national football league where, they rest all their all their regulars during you know some of those guys don't even play one exhibition game 
And I think yep. that transcended into the beginning of the season um, when you see sloppy football. And I think you see more and more NHL teams where, you know, the regulars are only playing a couple of games. And then it's like, okay, you know what, I, we'll, we'll, we'll put the guys that are going to, you know, battle for that fourth line position or who are going to end up going down to the farm. And I think you, you see, you know, and, and Carl made a great, great point using the word disconnect. Um, there was a lot of that. And I was surprised why, no, uh, you know, last night the Capitals had had two power plays in the last five minutes. And, you know, from, 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 watching from afar, I mean, that Capitals power play, that's like, that's an elixir for disaster if you take penalties against this team, especially in a one goal game so late. And, you know, they just, again, their passes, they were too slow. Instead of the one-timers, they're stopping and then shooting. And, you know, uh, a guy like Justin Hall, the Leafs defenseman, made about three or four shot blocks yeah, at the end yep. of the game. Yep. With, yeah, with the caps on the power play. And, you know, if, if you're passing the puck crisply, uh, and Carl can attest to this, um, when you're trying to defend that, the quicker it goes, the harder it is for defenders to be able to get into position to block shots. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. It, you you could tell too. It's uh, you know, the coaches always come in and say, you know, it's it's about desperation. It's who's going to outwork who on special teams, right? And, and when you have an extra player, you doesn't mean that you can just take your your foot off the gas. Like you still mm-hmm. have to outwork them and, and beat them to the spots. And and then, like you said, crisp passes too. Like if the passes are off, like Carly had to take one shot where his feet were both in the air <laughs> trying mm-hmm. to trying to reach to a puck right and that's you know it's um i guess it's the the balance between moving it fast and moving it accurately as well um and then when when you're just not feeling it then sometimes those passes end up you know being a foot in front of you and it's hard to it's hard to get some get some uh some wood on it so yeah i i mean i noticed that too it was tough and and desperation by the leafs power play or penalty kill at the end was was just too much for the the caps to find a way around so it was unfortunate i would have loved the little fireworks at the end there but but um you know it, it's i don't know i, I gotta keep going back to just just saying it's the beginning of the season and they're, yeah. and they're gonna work on work on a few things but you know you'd love to see a team come out come out firing at the beginning of the year it, well it, there's just too much talent on this capitals team i mean i'm not i i didn't pick them to win the stanley cup but i certainly even though they're an older team, uh, pick them to make the playoffs. And you're watching last night going, you know, like you said, Carl, they're step off. The passes might be six inches to a foot, just, you know, off a guy's stick. Those things are going to come. There's too many quality players on this team um, for that to happen. And, and, you know, the other thing is you've got some new guys in there. You've got Strom, you've got Connor Brown, um, when you think of Anthony Mantha, I mean, you know, his Capitals, his Capitals career has been kind of uh, highlighted by being injured. So a lot of those guys are still trying to find chemistry, and and I I I, I buy into that. You know, it, it, it's great. I, I remember one. You know, people will look and say, "Oh, well, these guys should fit in perfectly." Well, I remember the great Pat Twin uh, when when somebody once asked him. Uh, well, you know, this team looks, uh, looks good on paper. And he said, yeah, he goes, well, you know what you use paper for you wrap fish in it and you wipe things with it. 
<laughs> a, a, a great Pat Quinn line. The official position of this podcast is that the Capitals are going to make the playoffs. That has not changed after no one to start. Uh, when we come back on all caps, I want to ask you, Zyze, uh, about Montreal the other night and, and something very near and dear to, to, to Carl's heart uh, and also get a little bit about Ilya Samsonov. Now Samsonov again pronounced, by the way, uh, and the Leafs goaltending situation. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to All's Caps with former Capitals defenseman Carl Osner and NHL.com and Mike Zeisberger, friend of the show. I'm AP Hacker editor Steve Wino. Uh, Zeis, you, you were there in Montreal the other night, and, and one of Carl's guys, Carey Price, uh, last player introduced with the, the huge ovation. What did you make uh, of that? We'll get back to Capitals and, and Ilya Samsonov and all that. But first, uh, what was that like being in Montreal the other night? Well, first of all, I mean, you know where I stand on that. There's no... There's no more favorite place than I have in the league in sports than to be in Montreal and especially for Montreal, Toronto, because it's, you know, such a, you know, being from Toronto, such a long time rivalry. But to me, to be in the Bell Centre, there's no atmosphere like it. You look up in the, in the, at all the banners and everything hanging and from the rafters and then to have Carey Price come out. You know, um, and he said this week, you know, he's got another surgery coming up on his knee. Um, he really doesn't know if he'll ever play again. He wants to, um, but he, that is in serious doubt. You know, uh, as he said, he wants to be healthy enough so he can play with his kids as they're growing up. So for him to trot out there um, wearing, wearing a really, really cool uh, cowboy hat, by the way, and the ovation, I mean, and, and, you know, a lot of ovations just go right through you, give you goosebumps at the, at the Bell Centre. But that one, you know, uh, just the outpouring of love for Carey Price, um, it, it, it was it was just amazing. Standing ovation that went over, that went on for over a minute. And as Carl knows, Carey Price isn't the guy, at least publicly, to show a lot of emotion. But, you know, at one point you could see him welling up and he tapped his heart. Um, wait a minute, I think the heart's over here. I'm not sure what I was patting over here, but uh, <laughs> but uh, it, it 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 really was. It was almost like I hate to say it, but it was almost like them saying goodbye and thank you. Should he come back? Um, I can imagine there'll be a similar ovation for that. But and and you know, guys, this is. Uh, I'll just end it with this. To see that shows you how far Carey Price has come because I remember when he was, you know, in his early days with the Habs, he lost a series to the Boston Bruins. And mm -hmm. in the deciding game, he let in, uh, you know, three or four goals. Some of them had a little bit of an odor to him. And he was getting the Bronx cheer. And I remember he emulated the famous Patrick Waugh thing, like, you know, mocking the fans by putting his hands up like this. Um, and I remember thinking at the time, man, this is a fan base. You will, you will never get away with that. <laughs> and somehow he did because 
of his excellent goaltending and people realizing that Carey's not this somebody that, you know, kind of pokes the bear or stuff like that. He's he's a down-to-earth guy, and, you know, it was great to see that if he doesn't play again, that the Canadians fans had a chance to, to, to really say goodbye the way they did. Yeah, Carey is so far from forward-facing, it's not even funny. Like, he does yeah. not want yeah. to be does not want to be, you know, the center of attention. He's doing his best to just stay away from all that. Um, and I think that's something that the fans um, respect and appreciate. Yep. And, um, you know, it, it's an extremely uh, difficult place to be when things aren't going good. And then it's right in the case of, of that night when you see how, how much they can, they can really love and adore uh, a player that they've had over the years. And so, when I, I watched that, yeah, I definitely it was emotional for me. You know, I, I'm I'm quite removed from that whole situation, but but just to see uh, see him be out there, and you know, we have a um, a somewhat similar situation here in, in Washington, right? With with back, he's he's trying to a he was just trying to be able to live day to day, and now yep. he's trying to come back and and actually play again, you know, and 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 Carey's situation may be a little bit different because he's had to go through quite a few a few different things over the last couple of years and um i think it's at the point now where everybody's just to, just happy for him to be you know be be living in a good spot mm-hmm. you know like he, sure. you know, he's, he's he's able to recover um physically from from what he's had going on and and to come out there like you said mike wearing, wearing what he was wearing too like <laughs> just, just a great guy you know like there's very few guys around the league that that'll walk out uh looking like he he's He's in in there for a uh, a hoedown or a you know a nice nice country wedding or something like that. Um, so yeah, just 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 awesome to see, and, and I'm happy that they they uh, gave him that reaction for that long. I had to text him right after that because it was like just like a, a flood of emotions that it's just like oh you, you want to just give the guy a hug, right? And and so I was I was very happy to see that. You know, for for hockey, it would be great to see him come back. But yep. you know, at this at this point of his life, like you, you got to do you got to do other things. Yeah, you know, you know what, and people have to understand. You know, for for you guys, um, you know, there's a life off the ice. Um, you know, his 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 kids are getting to the age where he wants to spend time with them, and you know, uh, physically, there comes a time, and especially when you've been through what Carrie's been through where you have to look at big picture. And he's got, you know, he's got nothing to apologize for. He gave his heart and soul to that organization. Um, you know, hopefully he still has a chance to do that. Um, you know, he didn't get that elusive cup. Uh, I still remember the looks on 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 his face and on Shea Weber's face when they lost uh, the deciding or the, the clinching game to Tampa in the Stanley Cup final. Yep. Um, you know, and... and, and it was almost like both of them looked at each other and said, this could be it uh, for our career. So, and the other thing is, um, you know, as a proud Canadian, as, as a hockey fan, I won't forget the way that he played in the 2014 Olympics. Oh yeah. Um, he was, he was incredible. Uh, you know, and, and anybody, any, anybody, even 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 elite fans that that might despise the Habs or Canadian, you know, people fans up here that like the Boston Bruins and and, and hate the Montreal Canadiens. 
I think everybody was in unison in in, in watching those Olympics and, and just seeing how great a goalie Carey Price was. Yeah, I think it's a I think it's a good lesson for everybody too, just to to take a step back when you're mad at a player, or mad at yeah. at a team. You know, like there 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 is a person behind there, and a lot of times they give absolutely everything that they have. And you know, in in Carey's case, in that last uh, run that they had, you know, me- messed himself up. You know, mentally mentally and physically trying to battle through for his team, that uh, that he he put himself in a position now. So just for everybody taking a step back to realize, you know what. What is go? What is going on for a lot of these guys? Well, tried telling that to the uh, Habs fans the other night that booed uh, Austin Matthews every time he touched the puck because I don't really think they care <laughs> no. what kind of person <laughs> he is off the they ice. Don't. I do. They You're definitely right. don't care. I, you know, it always surprises me how quickly can goalies can go kind of off the the, the table yep. with injuries and all those things. But uh, Ilya Samsonov's a young goalie. Uh, obviously, Capitals fans are very familiar with him. Now in Toronto, beat the Capitals in in, in his Leafs debut. I don't have high expectations for Ilya Samsonov and Matt Murray goalie tandem in Toronto, but I'm curious your thoughts on Kyle Dubas putting that together and what do you make of Ilya Samsonov's uh, year in Toronto? Well, first of all, from going from Kerry to Samsonov, no, sorry, it's Samsonov. It's Samsonov now. (laughs) One country Z is another country Z, so we have to to play (laughs) in with that. And by the way, you are the sultan of segues going from Kerry Price to... Sam Sonoff. Um, and I got one more goalie thing later because we got to promote the book. But, but, okay. Anyway. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, he was, uh, you know, I, I have actually been impressed with Sam Sonoff. He, uh, from what I'm told, and, and, you know, I had heard from people around the Capitals about, you know, questions maybe about the kids' work ethic and stuff in Washington. But from talking to people around the Maple Leafs, they've been really impressed with, with, his attitude, um, the way that he has been trying to improve. Um, and, you know, Wino, maybe this is not not much more than the fact that he, he did accept a modest deal, a one-year modest deal, because he's trying to bet on himself. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I look at what the Maple Leafs did. I mean, um, I'm on record as saying I'm not – I don't have a lot of – confidence in Matt Murray I understand what the Maple Leafs are trying to do here um you know back in I think it was from 12 2012 to 14 he played uh you know Matt Murray played for the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds of the OHL for Kyle Dubas for Sheldon Keith yep and that's all well and good and they keep talking about well his pedigree and he won Stanley Cups in 2016 and 17 with the Penguins that's all well and good. I haven't seen that version of Matt Murray in three or four years. True. He's been hurt a lot. And when he hasn't been hurt, and this is the kind of alarming thing, is Matt Murray is more of a positional goalie than he is a reflex goalie. Um, and when you're like that and you see what I've seen, which is, he's, he, you know, the last couple of years in Ottawa, he seemed to lose his net at times. And if you're an angles goalie and you're having trouble getting those angles in the right, you know, right in the perfect position, you're going to give shooters too much net to see. Um, Cole Caulfield scored a goal the other night against Matt Murray, where Matt Murray, you know, goalies always talk about how they have to make themselves look big in the net. He made himself look small in the net. 
And for somebody that's 6'2", 6'3", that's hard to do. That's alarming. Um, I really do think that the, the guy that is going to have more upside is Samsonov. Oh, here we go again. Samsonov. <laughs> well, um, we do this all year. Yeah. He's, uh, you know, he showed jitters in the first period. Uh, there was an odor to the Capitals' second goal. Oh, yeah. But I thought after that, and he admitted he was nervous. Um, but he said once the second period started, he kind of found his group. I thought he played well. And I really do think, for better or worse, by the time this plays out, um, Sam, Samsonov will be the number one Leafs goalie. Um, you know, I wish Matt Murray all the best. I just don't have a lot of confidence. Yeah, when when uh, to me, I mean, like we've said a million times, we're not goalie experts, but when when a goalie makes himself look small in the net, yeah. to me that means that they are they're they're nervous that pucks are going to leak through them, right? And that that shows that probably tells that there's not a whole lot of confidence right there. So yep. not a good sign, you know. Fingers crossed that that at least one of them works out though, because uh, it's a the Leafs need a goalie. They're they're on the cusp well, of being really good. They need a goalie. Well, you know. There's a lot of head scratching in this town because, you know, it, it's well documented, okay? The Leafs have, have lost five consecutive deciding games, which is a record in the postseason, which is a record that has never been done before in the NHL, in the NBA, or Major League Baseball, okay? <laughs> um, and now, you know, after they did it again, last you know uh in the spring to, to the tampa bay lightning you look around the league you know i'm still shocked that the bruins let bruce brudeau go i'm kind of shocked or sorry bruce brudeau bruce, bruce cassidy, cassidy go yeah. um you know i was a little puzzled given the fact that half the golden knights team was hurt that pete DeBoer was let go so but you've got successful teams making all these changes and Kyle Dubas and, you know, Sheldon Keith, and, and you know, Sheldon's only been there, you know, uh, as the crow flies for three years uh, on the calendar. But, you know, Dubas, and as much as I like him, and I think he's put together a good roster, I mean, he's responsible for that. Team president Brendan Shanahan did not offer him a contract extension at the end of the year. So therefore, or, or sorry, going into this season, so Dubas is on the last year of his contract. So he's pretty much betting his job that Samsonov and or Murray are going to finally be the ones to push them, you know, at least one round uh, of winning one round for the first time since 2004. Um, and, you know, you can gauge how long that is, guys, by the fact that I actually had hair the last <laughs> time that the Maple Leafs won a playoff series. So that's putting, you know, all your eggs in one basket uh, on these two goalies, Carl. And, and you know, that that to me is a risk. I mean, they, the management has shown patient. I would argue, patience, I would argue maybe a little too much uh, with Dubas, but, you know, it's all in the hands of their goalies. A tough bet, but uh, let's just let's just think that maybe they didn't have any other options to get. Maybe no one else wanted to sign there. That's, yeah, that'd be my only yeah. defense defense for him. Is well, in in, in in Murray's in Murray's case, I know uh, you know from people around the Senators that they almost had a party when they heard that somebody was actually going to take Matt Murray. Right. 
man. I, I know Carl's got a meeting to get to. I just wanted yeah. to thank you guys for all your help with the book, Odd Man In. Uh, you helped me a lot with, with getting David Ayers on the phone. You've been a, a very helpful person for me. And, and with the book coming out in a couple of weeks, I just wanted to say thank you for all your help with the book. Well, compliment, compliments are weak. I'll expect my royalties. So thank you very much. <laughs> you know, it, was my, it, was my, it was my pleasure to do. It's a hell of a book. Uh, please, anybody out there listening, watching, Go get it, and thank you for having me on as the uh, your first repeat person. Uh, reeks of desperation, and um, you know, I guess Carl's on his on his way to a meeting to get another job because obviously this podcast reeks of desperation, as I said. And, and as always, with Carl, with me, the royalties are paid in beer. Uh, thanks for thanks for coming on, everybody. Thanks for listening to us on Oscaps.